is the city that started it all. It's a beautiful day. What a priceless goal that could prove to be. He's going to unleash one. Oh! Sheffield Wednesday celebrate. Billy Sharp, you do not leave that man unmarked in the box. Sheffield United have the lead. the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum. A very good afternoon to you. Welcome along to Friday's Football Forum here on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Amazon Music as well. It's the 26th of February. Jez Padfield here with the latest action. Connor Thorpe providing the analysis as always. Afternoon, mate. Afternoon. It's the show where we we'll discuss the Blades and the Owls and there's all the big talking points from across British football as well. Now we're back for another of our midweek reviews as we focus on the Steel City and uh, take half an hour out of your day uh, for the blue half of Sheffield as we look back at Wednesday night's game in this Sheffield Wednesday midweek review. So coming up, M boom and bust, Wednesday being the latter. Brentford didn't need Ivan Tony as the Owls make it eight without replying at Brentford in just two visits, being stung 3-0 away at the Vs. We'll also look ahead to tomorrow's action as Wednesday are back on the road again and head just north of London this time to play Luton on the council estate. As of the round of unpredictable, the second half of the latest predictions focusing on that relegation scrap. On Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music and on your smart speaker. Alexa, play Shoe Football Forum. We are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum. And it's live. Thanks for joining us for this Sheffield Wednesday midweek review. Uh, great to have your company. Um, and it's on to the action and Wednesday night's action when uh, Wednesday themselves were looking to put a tough week behind them after defeats at Stoke and against Birmingham as well. And uh, they had a crack at a Brentford side that stuck five past Wednesday last season, as we all remember, almost a year to the day in the last game that Wednesday fans and Connor as well, albeit half sozzled, uh, saw in person. Adam Oxley provides the commentary with the B's two to the good. Whipped in at pace into the area, headed towards goal. Wildsmith will get hands on it, but it's going to be headed in. And it's Matzbeck Sorensen coming in off the left-hand side. All too easy for him. Uh, Wildsmith tried to keep it out, but couldn't. Wednesday's defence not yet dealing with the ball into the area. He's caused problems with the long throws all night. And now Madsbeck Sorensen gets his first league goal of the season coming in round the bike. It's a disappointing night for the Owls, who will drop to their fourth defeat in five games. Brentford three, Sheffield Wednesday nil. So Wednesday there at Brentford and, uh, well, Sheffield Wednesday, as you heard there, uh, slump into their fourth defeat in five games with a 3-0 defeat at Brentford. Uh, a real pinball goal for the first, shall we say, if there ever was one in the uh, the Owls penalty area, before Brian Mbumo got the final touch to take it past Joel Wildsmith in the 24th. A good attack from Brentford and Mbumo turned provider, in fact, to play through Saman Godos, there we go, in the 74th to double their lead, while Wednesday only had 10 men on the field for that moment, in fact, with Fasayo Delibashiru on the sidelines after a cynical foul, it must be said, uh, by Henrik Dalsgaard. The Bees had numerous chances to put it to bed, and they finally did so when Mads back Sorensen. Uh, he scored the third in the 84th with Wildsmith getting a hand to it, but not enough to keep it out. 
The hosts then with their first win in four games after three previous defeats, including one to, uh, to fellow South Yorkshire side in Barnsley. Uh, with the Owls stuck in 23rd, still three points off safety, but now they're just five points ahead of rock bottom Wickham after other results didn't go their way. Let's hear what Neil Thompson had to say after that 3-0 Sheffield Wednesday defeat. At the end of the day, we've, we've lost another football match and a, a football match that I thought we were more than in. In the game, we've you know, got in a really sloppy one just before half time, ball bobbling around the box, need to get your foot through it when they're slinging the ball in. And, and then second half... You know, we, we conceded two sloppy goals from our point of view, but the large parts of the game, I thought we'd pass the ball. We were a lot braver than we were at the weekend. Um, you know, we didn't create enough chances, we know that. Uh, but, um, you know, we were, we were certainly better in possession. But the facts are we've got beat. Uh, you know, it's another game gone and, and we've got to pick ourselves up for the weekend. Neil Thompson there after Wednesday's 3-0 thumping at Brentford. Connor, well, your thoughts on the game, first of all. Well, it's an all too familiar story, isn't it? Um, a Wednesday team just not creating anything. I think we we had three shots in total, 0.11 xG, and I think you know, Neil Temp- Neil Thompson alluded it into his press conference there. Most of the ball actually, fifty two percent possession, um, and I seem to remember us having a bit more possession at Brentford last season. And I think they've worked out how to play against us. The fact that even if you allow us to have, to have possession, we're not going to create anything because we haven't got the quality in the team to do so. Um, it's it is dire. It's absolutely dire. Um, whether we're now the joint lowest scorers in the EFL after Southend put three past Forest Green, they've now caught us up. And uh, yeah, it's just absolutely dull as dishwater. Um, so easy to play against. I think we've we touched on the problems against Birmingham, which were that. We kept giving the ball away in stupid areas. It was kind of another problem against Brentford. We didn't really give the ball away in stupid areas. We had enough possession, but we didn't convert it into dangerous chances or dangerous territory or dangerous possession. And, um, you know, Barry Bannon's there trying to get the ball off the defence and trying to play forward and trying to create things, but there's just nobody else that looks will it, that looks capable of, of creating chances. The two wide players, again, not really having an effect in the final third. The two strikers, although, you know, Rhodes is one of those players that you have to create chances for him to be effective. And we've never really seen that in a Wednesday shirt. Um, I think it's pretty damning of our performance that Rhodes plays 90 minutes. He has 22 touches of the ball in those 90 minutes. Uh, the, The player with the second least amount of touches in that game that started was Adam Reach and he came off. Sorry, the player with the least touches was Adam Ricci. He had 18 touches, but he came off after 55 minutes. So, you know, I think that just shows you that probably not Jordan Rose's fault in some ways is that, you know, the, the, the team aren't managing to find a way to get the strikers into the game. And uh, that's that's obviously bitterly disappointing. Um, you, it's, you know, I'm looking at a, a touch map of, of Jordan Rose, for example, now. I think that's... I make that about four touches in the final third. And yeah, it's just not good enough. It's, we're just not enough of a, a potent attacking threat to be able to cause teams problems. And it's very worrying at the minute because, um, you know, we earlier on in, when Thompson first was appointed, we went on a, a nice little run and we were winning games at home, maybe by 
being decent defensively and, and obviously trying to play forward. It's not like we don't try to attack it. It's just that we're not good enough, you know, not not enough quality in the team. Don't seem to have much idea about how to uh, break teams down, how to approach it. Don't really see what the plan is at the minute. Uh, but we're winning games by being pretty solid and nicking a goal here and there. And uh, at the minute, we're losing games by conceding stupid goals and not managing to nick any goals at all. And, you know, disappointing to concede three in the end after what was a, a pretty low-key first half, I thought. Well, we, we didn't, like I said, we didn't create anything all game, but we, we didn't really look under too much trouble in that first half, like I said, against Birmingham. We conceded a, a really unlucky goal, which was also bad defending, but a massive stroke of luck for Brentford. Um, and I just think when we go behind, like, like I've said, I'm saying it again, we just have no route back into a game because when we concede, we uh, we have not picked up a point from a losing position all season. We've scored one equalising goal all season. We went on to lose that game. That was against Brentford. And um, yeah, it's just not good enough. I think the team, when they score against us, they know it's, it's pretty much won. And I mean, that's an unbelievable start that. How can you go... Is it 32 games we've played now? 32 games without picking up a point from a winning position. It's absolutely ridiculous. I'd, I'd, I've never known a run like that in my life. Like, Surely, even if you don't manage to win any of those games, you pick up a draw here and there. But, um, yeah, unbelievable start. And But it doesn't surprise me because I'm used to I'm used to losing now. I'm used to seeing this team lose over the past 14 months and it just gets more depressing and more depressing every time, I think. And uh, to make life worse for you, uh, obviously, Fasaro Deli Bashiru uh, went off uh, midway through through the second half. Funny enough, it, what, what led to that second goal uh, from Godos? Um, a, a real bad challenge, in all honesty, if we're honest, from, uh, from Dalsgaard. And obviously, it left you with 10 men for, for that little moment when they did get the second. And uh, apparently, he's going to be out for four to six weeks, Neil Thompson was saying this morning. Yeah, it's probably a, a, an ankle ligament one, I think. He's obviously twisted it and he's done a little, quite a bit of damage and yeah it's not a nice tackle from Dalsgaard I think I'm not sure the intentions necessarily to hurt him I think he's just tried to bring him down there, there was a lot of that going on from Brentford a lot of tactical fouls to try and stop counter-attacks and obviously from their point of view it worked because you know we didn't we didn't create anything um in the rules of the game I don't know if that I mean it's, it's strange that Liam Shaw can get sent off for a tackle where he, he wins the ball and, you know, maybe as a, a few studs showing, but he wins the ball, gets gets a booking for that and a straight ready against Reading for a similar sort of tackle. But yet Dalsgaard goes in from behind, absolutely million miles away from the ball with the intention of bringing him down and he can stay on. Uh, you know, I think you've either got to, if you're against, if you want to eradicate those sort of fouls in terms of, stopping players from endangering opponents, then surely you've got to do them both. You've got to do both kind of challenges where, you know, he's, he's obviously endangered Deli Bashiru there. He's put him out for four to six weeks. A young player that has managed to get some minutes recently. And it's a shame that that won't be happening for, you know, over a month now. And um, and that's a shame. And, and I just think if you're going to stamp out those challenges where there's an where there's excessive force and they still win the ball and you're going to give yellow and reds for that, then you're going to give reds for that, should I say, because he, he did get a yellow. But I'm talking about Liam Shaw's tackle against Reading here more so. Um, then you've got to stamp out 
those sort of tackles as well. It's got to be one. It's got to be both. I think either or. You either allow it or you don't allow it. And Kieran Westwood, obviously, he missed the match. Uh, we're a bit surprised when uh, when the news came out on uh, on Sat on uh, sorry Wednesday night, and we saw Kieran Westwood wasn't in. He's uh, obviously been brought back into the fringe under Neil Thompson. It turns out he's uh, he's got broken ribs, so he's uh, undergoing that and uh, recovering from that. Um, real real miss though, because obviously Kieran Westwood has has sort of shored up that uh, Sheffield Wednesday defence a little bit in recent weeks. Yeah, he has. He's he's obviously a good communicator and organises the defence well. Um, not the keeper he was a few years ago. I think that's that's fair to say. Um, and you know, broken ribs was one of those where he's, he's obviously played through the pain barrier in recent weeks, and it, it's probably got a bit too much for him. I'm not sure really what you can do with broken ribs. It's just one of those that you kind of just have to wait for them to heal. So, uh, yeah, big blow for us at the minute. It's 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 more the attacking players I'm worried about than the goalkeeper. I think whoever's in the goal at the minute, I don't think he's going to be able to score his goals. So um, that's the main worry. And, and Wild Smith. Has been inconsistent, it's fair to say. Dawson's obviously out as well. So we had, you know, we had Luke Jackson on the bench. Uh, Wildsmith's been pretty inconsistent, and you know, he'll have great games one week and then he'll drop a quanger the next. So it's nice to have a bit more reliability in there from Westwood. Although, you know, since over the past eighteen months, you'd probably argue that he's made some big mistakes as well. Uh, but yeah, the main part that, I'm, that I think we're all worried about is the not just the front two, but everybody else that, that has a burden on them to create chances and it's definitely not working at the minute. Well, exactly, because that's the thing. Yeah, you're having more possession. You had more possession against Brentford, which is slightly surprising because we know how dominant Brentford can be and have been uh, all season, really. It's just the problem is, as you were saying, and we were saying this off air, you're just not scoring and you're not creating. And it's it's staggering to look at Sheffield Wednesday because if, if you look at how many you've scored all season, um, where's it gone? Uh, it's the lowest in the EFL, joint lowest in the EFL. Joint lowest in the EFL, exactly. You've scored, I don't know how many you've scored, but uh, I will find out. Um, you see, there you go. You've scored, it actually doesn't say, that's hilarious. Um, I don't know, but point, point beside, Wednesday... We've scored 21. 21, all, 21 goals all season, and that's the point. 21 get goals from 31 games in total, which is it is worrying to say the least. And the question is, you've had you've had the transfer windows now. Uh, I just say, obviously, you've got tons of injuries, which you can understand. But how is it getting to a stage where Wednesday you don't even know if they're going to score in a match? Well, you, you know, we're probably not going to score in a match. If we do, we're going to score one, and we'll probably switch off at some point to concede. You know, on the possession point there, I know we had more of the ball against Brentford, but one of our problems this season has been retaining possession. If you look at the, the possession stats, we've got the, the second lowest average possession in the league. So that in itself is a, is, a, is a problem because we're not managing to retain the ball. And obviously, if you don't have the ball, you don't create chances and you don't score. That wasn't a problem against Brentford. The problem against Brentford was managing to turn possession into dangerous possession and and get into the final third and put quality either deliveries into the box or pullbacks into the box or break. Just don't really have any way of breaking the opposition down at the minute and down to personnel, down to maybe tactics as well. 
Um, I just don't wonder. The problem is Neil Thompson's trying to find a winning formula and uh, it's just difficult to see how he's going to do it at the minute. I, I can't really put it down to one thing, the fact that we're not creating chances. It's a difficult one. You, you look, you watch us play and you can't really point to one obvious thing, which I think is, you know, makes it difficult for any manager coming in or, or Neil Thompson. The question is, though, do Sheffield Wednesday look to appoint a manager on a permanent basis? Because we know that Neil Thompson's been in caretaker charge, so we say, uh, interim charge, uh, since since Tony Pulis got the sack um, at the end of December. Now, there's been talk of should Thompson get it until the end of the season? Um, obviously, it seems a bit illogical to actually appoint someone, someone else when there's only sort of three months left of the season. Neil Thompson's been doing a fairly decent job at the moment. So should really Wednesday look to, to get Thompson made as permanent manager, even if it's just until the end of the season? Um, I don't know. I think it probably depends on the next maybe two games. You look at the Luton and Rotherham game and really those are two two games that we should be looking to pick some points up from. I, I'd probably say four points you want from those two games and I'm, and I'm not confident we'll get them. And uh, if we come out of those two games with, with one point from them or two points from them, then you might be asking the question again, is it worth throwing the dice to try and get someone in to hopefully at least give you a short-term lift that might see you through to the end of the season in terms of form and then look to build on for next season. Uh, I think it just comes down to whether it's looking like we're going to stay up or go down and Thompson's probably earned a few more games with the fact that he's, he had a decent start and there was a short-term boost. And I think there often is when caretaker managers come in Um and you often see that sort of dwindle over the longer term. That's why I wasn't sort of saying, you know, definitely appoint him till the end of the season. I was kind of saying, well, you know, it makes sense to, but keep it as it is for now while we were, while we were doing okay and while we were winning games. And um, now we're obviously at a point where we're not winning games. We don't look like we've got a clue how to win a game at the minute. And that's obviously concerning and, there's obviously that question going to be asked. I would probably give him the next two games, see how it goes. And and if we don't have a favourable points return, we're going to be in serious, serious trouble. And it'll be one of those where what have you got to lose? If you don't throw the dice, you're probably going to get relegated anyway. So as, as reactionary as it might sound, that these next two games are absolutely massive. Well, we shall uh, focus on one of the two said games in just a minute, because uh, next up for the Owls, is that trip down to Luton and uh, a real test on the council estate that Connor uh, knows from previous uh, visits there. It is Luton. It's the previews next. Joseph, Josh and Connor. This is Football Forum only on Shoe Radio. You're with Football Forum for this Sheffield Wednesday midweek review. Much appreciating your company. So as we say, on to the previews for the weekend's action. In fact, it's tomorrow because it's very rare, very rare, I should say, that we record on a Friday. Um, but it is Luton up next for Wednesday. And like we were saying, Connor, it is pretty much massive, especially given uh, given how well Luton have done in terms of uh, so far this season. They've uh, 
they've done not not badly, shall we say, under Nathan Jones. Um, what a few points were taken from Neil Thompson's presser uh, just beforehand that we're recording this is that Jack Marriott is back in training uh, and actually could be back in contention for this game. Uh, it's another striker, so it's uh, it's potentially one that could score you some goals and pr- uh, provide the uh, the missing piece of the jigsaw. But how do you assess this one? Well, there's more than just one missing piece of the jigsaw because I, I think most strikers that have come into this team won't score because nobody's creating chances for them. And Jack Marriott probably falls under that bracket where he's not going to create chances for himself. So even if Marriott is back and, and obviously the problems that he's been facing, you know, have been non-injury related. So obviously we, we hope that he's, that he's okay uh, and we hope that he can and get firing. But I think any striker at the minute comes into that team, they're going to have a struggle scoring goals unless they create chances for themselves because nobody else is creating the chances. And I can't see it suddenly changing because Marriott comes in. I really can't. And, you know, he's had, he, he did have a few games under Gary Monk where the same problem arose, where he just didn't really get a kick in terms of, of didn't really get a sniff of goal. And, um, yeah, I, I can't see how that suddenly changes, unfortunately. I think a lot of people fall into this trap of thinking, yeah, we'll get a striker. That means automatically we're going to score loads of goals. Well, if nobody's creating chances for that striker, it's difficult. And it's difficult for Jack Marriott, who has come for, you know, he's, he had some criticism when when he first came to us. But I think that it's difficult for any striker in that team. And I'd like to see him get, an, get given another try at it because we'd, let's face it, nobody else is delivering at the minute in terms of attacking options. We've had Callum Patterson go on a good run of form. That seems to have come to an end now. And, you know, he's, he's stopped scoring as many goals. And I think recently he's, he's looked pretty poor since that since that run of form. So it's kind of just chucking two strikers up there and one striker up there and hoping for the best at the minute because none of them are really performing when they go into the team. We saw a little bit of an upturn from Rhodes problem is if he's not getting chances created for him he's generally not offering much to the team you've got Kachunga who runs around and tries but he's pretty useless at football to be honest he's not a good player he's not good in front of goal doesn't really offer much in possession he's just quite good at chasing out of possession which can be effective at times like we saw against Bournemouth but certainly isn't going to score you the goals and uh, Windass who was the main man under Tony Pulis, but to be honest with you, again, he's another one that I've been quite disappointed with this season. One of those players that you'd hope would be a bit more creative for you. And um, a lot of times he's just been pretty anonymous in games. And then, you know, partly that is down to the fact that he's playing in a team that don't create any chances and give the ball away so often. And but I also think with Windass being an attacking midfielder rather than a striker, there's a little bit more emphasis on him to create than there is on your out-and-out strikers like Jack Marriott. So if those players aren't creating and the, and those strikers, out-and-out strikers, aren't scoring you the chances that, you know, sort of half aren't really getting the goals from half chances where they sniff out a, a, a chance in the box, if those two things aren't happening, then you're not going to score many goals. And it's been the case for us all season. Um I don't really know what lineup to suggest against Luton because I think everything we're trying at the minute just isn't working. So whether it's four four two, three five two, whether you put play a four two three one, you play Bannon left, you play Bannon attacking midfield, you play Bannon holding midfield, you play Harris wide, you play Harris at wing back, 
You play Kachunga and Patterson up front. You play Rhodes and Kachunga. You play Patterson and Rhodes. You play Marriott. You bring him. I, I just don't think anything's working at the minute, and um, it's difficult to see it turning. It really is. And obviously, the the chance was in January to bring some players in, and once again, chance series failed. Failed to bring players in, probably mainly because of the financial mistakes that have happened in the past that has put us in such a weak position to be able to attract players. A uh, with the state we're in, in terms of on the pitch and and a player seeing it as a good career move, and B financially, you know, if you if you can't attract players financially or from a footballing perspective, you're in trouble. And um, again, it comes back to the problems with the leadership right at the top of the club, mistakes that have happened in the past that have led us to this point. Well, it wouldn't be a football forum episode if Connor didn't uh, didn't mention Chancery, as uh, as Daniel Mann once famously said, it is a chance for Maria once more. And uh, let's see if he can if he can get in the side and take that chance uh, this weekend. Now, one of those that did arrive in uh, in January was Andre Green. Obviously, he's done his Achilles. He's had a scan. Neil Thompson was saying uh, yesterday on that. Still. Uh, a fair bit away uh, from returning, but in total, it means you've got nine players missing uh, for the trip to Luton in all honesty, almost as bad as Sheffield United's injury list in all honesty. Um, Can you really see yourselves getting, getting three points or even one at Luton? Um, I could see us maybe getting one. I think there's a, you know, maybe we'll get a draw, but I think we're more likely to lose. I think Luton are one of those teams that we've, kind of teams that we struggled against all season one of those teams that play at a high intensity uh, pretty scrappy side you look at the, the results against Stoke and Coventry and Birmingham um, those sort of games Rotherham where we've where we've struggled against teams that are quite direct and quite physical high tempo and I think that'll be the same again I think we'll probably lose most of the second balls most of the 50-50s individual battles um, and we we won't have enough quality when the ball's on the floor to actually play football. So, yeah, I think this will be another another bad afternoon for us, I'm afraid. I think uh, I'm going to go for a 1-0 defeat. I think Luton probably have that little bit more of a spark in terms of creativity than, than us. You look at um, some of their players and obviously, you know, I think of the likes of Kin and Juice Real, who's had a really good season for them. Tom Ince, who's proven at this level certainly up and down it's fair to say throughout his career Pelle Rudakempanzu who started on the didn't actually start against Luton and Harry Cornick as well also didn't start and the sorry didn't start against Millwall these are two players actually that when I think about Luton sort of from over the past year or so they're the two players I worry about most Empanzu and Cornick and they weren't starting so you know without actually being a Luton expert myself I don't really know who's sort of been up and down in that team Interesting to see that Elijah Adebayo got his got a goal for them in midweek against Luton as well. So, yeah, I think they're they're a pretty well drilled side under Nathan Jones. Ever since he's come in back to the club, it led them to a really impressive escape last season, and they've been inconsistent this season. But I think Luton fans will take that. They started off really well, and you know the forms sort of dipped certainly in recent weeks, but. You've, they've never really been in that relegation conversation this season. And, and who knows, they might be as the season goes on. You know, if they, the, the form might keep dropping and they might get sucked into it. But as it stands at the minute, 
they're having a really impressive season and uh, they've managed to keep themselves away from that conversation that we're unfortunately in. So I think I think they'll beat us 1-0. A 1-0 for Connor. Very good segue into uh, the score predictions. Luton, as we say, in 17th position in the championship table Wednesday, we all know by now. 23rd of 24. It is on iFollow, uh, Saturday 3 o'clock kickoff. If you so wish to spend 10 great British pounds and uh, and watch it, I certainly won't. Uh, Connor is going for a 1-0 Luton victory. Now, uh, Chappers has also given his predictions ahead of... Uh, ahead of the weekend's action. He's going 2-0 Luton, so he's even less optimistic than you over Wednesday getting something. I, however, am more optimistic. I do think it's going to be a 1-1. Luton, they've, uh, well, they've struggled in recent weeks. I mean, they've sort of, they're a bit inconsistent, shall we say, is the the correct term. Obviously, a 1-1 against Millwall on Tuesday night. Then they lost 3-0 away at Stoke, uh, 2-0 at home to Cardiff. And then they beat Birmingham, drawing Huddersfield, losing to Blackburn. So their form's a bit all over the place. So I'm going to say another 1-1 between Luton and the Owls. Um, And funny enough, that leads us in uh, to more predictions in just a second. And uh, as we head into March, there's uh, plenty more football for them just around the corner. That mountain that they need to climb is getting steeper every week. I I honestly, I think we're in big trouble. It's rotten to the core, to be honest. It's not a good time to be a Sheffield United fan. 2-1 defeat away at Viggen. Connor at Viggen. Viggen, Viggen. I don't know. Where's Viggen. that come I'm from? Tight. The biggest guest. Oh, morning, mate. All right. Cheers, Cheers, guys. Joseph Hadfield. Oh, goodness me. So <laughs> Josh Chapman. Oh, wow. It was awful. Connor Thorpe. It was a, an absolutely massive win. Cardinal Reddith. <laughs> already. I can't believe I've just said We are still Sheffield Hallam's number one football show. This is Football Forum. Thursdays from 5.15. Only on Shoe Radio. Yes, Football Forum back uh, next week. I think it's Tuesday. I could be wrong in saying, but... uh, there is uh, there's a double header for both United and Wednesday uh, on Wednesday night, so we'll have that covered. Uh, right on to another round of unpredictable uh, for this weekend's action. Now, obviously, if you heard the Sheffield United uh, program uh, that came out the other night, we did the first half of unpredictable uh, with the United ones. This one will be the, for the Wednesday ones, and uh, let's just have a look back how we did last week and. Uh, well, Connor, you were this uh, last week's loser with only four points on the board, uh, a couple of two pointers, but uh, nothing really to write home about. Chappers was this week's winner on eleven, uh, double figures for him, and I got nine, so I didn't do too badly. Uh, two points for all three of us from Brentford against Wednesday on Wednesday night, which means the scores on the doors after twenty-three and a bit rounds. Chappers still last on one hundred and thirty-eight. I am on 171, and there is only eight points separating the two of us now, Connor. You're on 179. As we go into round number 24 for this weekend's action, or the second half of it, shall we say. Uh, Wednesday is done, so we move on to two of the other games concerning Wednesday in the Championship. And uh, we're going to start with their noisy neighbours, Rotherham United, in 22nd, just above them. Uh, And they're hosting Reading in 5th. Looks like a bit of a foregone conclusion, but Reading have been rather inconsistent in recent weeks. Uh, it is also three o'clock on Saturday. I follow coverage for this one. Um, I am going to go 2-1 to Reading. I think Reading, well, they are fifth for a reason, and uh, I think they're going to resume that early season form that they had. Rotherham can put up a fight nonetheless. 
but I think they're going to come up second best in this one. So a 2-1 for me, 2-1 Reading, I should say, for me. Chappers has gone straight down the middle with a 1-1. Connor? Um, I'm going to say 2-0 to Reading. I think uh, Rotherham, they don't make it easy for anyone, but... And I know Reading, like you say, have been on a terrible run. They've won one of the one of the last six, lost the other, lost four of the others, and that win came against the Bristol City side, who've been, well, before Nigel Pearson came in, absolutely diabolical, possibly in the worst form in the league. I think, I think definitely in the worst form in the league. Um, but I think they'll get back to winning ways against the Rotherham side, who've also, after a really good run of form, have, have been in a, on a poor run. They've lost the last four, all by one goal margin. So I think it suggests that it's going to be, you know, they're still going to give them a go and it's still going to be a tight game. Um, but I, I do fancy Reading to, to win it by two. I think they're a really good side this year, despite the recent run of form. I think they've got a lot of quality in that team um, and uh, should overcome Rotherham. We're hoping so anyway. Well, you are, not me. Well, well, me as well, actually. Yes, but uh, so 2-0 Reading victory for Connor and uh, finishing up with Coventry, who aren't in that relegation zone. They're just above it, in fact. In 20th position, Mark Robbins' side doing okay to sort of pull themselves away, but not really just yet. Uh, They're travelling to Blackburn Rovers in 15th, who have been really out of sorts. Uh, Barnsley with a victory uh, against them recently, and Blackburn have sort of been a bit topsy-turvy themselves they were they were up there weren't they uh, a few months ago uh, towards the championship top end they've uh, slowly but surely drifted down to the bottom half of mid-table and uh, I'm gonna go one nil to Coventry I, th- I think Blackburn's recent poor run of form will continue Coventry they're known for getting a uh, a victory from somewhere that uh, they did lose to uh, to Wickham in, re- in recent times I think I'm right in saying um, but Coventry, we know they can get a result. They uh, drew nil-nil with Norwich not long ago. Uh, so one-nil victory to the Sky Blues for me. Now Chap has gone the other way, and he says two-nil Blackburn. Um, I assume because of uh, Blackburn, they have got goals in them and victories. Connor, yeah, um, I'm going for a two-two. I think I'm going to straight down the middle on this one. It's two teams that are again out of form. You look at Coventry's last few games, and it's one win in their last. Let me count properly. Seven, one win in the last seven, and their away record is pretty poor. They've picked up the vast majority of their points at home. They've been a really tough side to play against at St Andrews um, this season, which, you know, loosely call it home games. It's not really home, is it? But they've certainly made it feel that way um, to the players anyway, probably not to the fans who have been locked out for for nearly a year. Um, Blackburn, I mean, they're on a terrible run. They've lost five in a row. they're one of those teams that flatter to deceive. I think if you look at the underlying numbers as in, you know, shots per game, XG4, I think they're probably st- still up there in terms of that, but certainly not mirrored in the league table. And um, they've got a lot of it, good attacking uh, good attacking players. They play good football, but certainly results aren't going the way at the minute. So I think this will be 2-2. I think it'll be quite an open game. I think Coventry will look to press high, be aggressive. And I think it should be a decent watch, actually. Uh, so I'm going for a 2-2. So a full 2-2 for uh, for Connor. And uh, that's just about your lot uh, from Football Forum. And that's February done and dusted, which means uh, looking ahead to March, every football team will be playing football several times and in various combinations. And you can catch all that consistently happening football here. It's all here and it's all football always. It's impossible to keep track of all the football, but your best chance is here on Football Forum. 
thousands and thousands of hours of football, each more climactic than the last. Constant, dizzying, 24-hour, year-long, endless football. Every kick in it massively mattering to someone, presumably. And uh, United on Wednesday will be the focus next week. Um, Classic, love exactly, it. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> I knew I'd get that one in somewhere. Uh, famous Mitchell and Webb scene. Had to be uh, done. But uh, yeah, so uh, join me and Connor and hopefully Chappers is back as well next week. We're back on Tuesday to round up the weekend's action for the first shows in March. So for me and Connor and all the team here on Football Forum, thanks for joining us for this Sheffield Wednesday midweek review. Take care. Ta-ra. Shoe Radio. Bringing you the latest football news from Sheffield and beyond. This is Shoe Football Forum.